you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast. Feels like the game is slowing down for them. From the Chris Wesley podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. I am Dan Hensis. Heroes here, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler, it is the week three preview show. I mean, isn't it funny? It's already starting to pick up momentum this season. I, I was waiting for the first time this season when uh, Dan said, it just goes well, so fast. That, it just keeps going along. It does, the though. season, we're here. Week one through 12, like a flash. Weeks 13 through about 17, 18, literally feels like you're stuck in molasses, which is stuck within quicksand. Yeah, okay. like uh, our friend Wes used to uh, always talk about you get into that sort of thick of November where it's like, this feels a little bit like a you're walking through a dark forest. Um, there are some longer days. During and there are outliers period. like the man in between us is like every week's beautiful child. And yeah. I love football so no, much. I think Thanksgiving's big to get to. But then actually I do. I feel like I, I feel differently. Then it just feels like a downhill. So I, I'm with you. I think that uh, that pre Thanksgiving November is when we grind. Yeah. And this week, let's go. They've done something uh, slightly hazardous. Nine games in the early nine, window. Nine early, three Only late. Three late. I, I would like to why. balance it out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And it's leading to another Sessler apocalypse. What a tough week for Mark. Uh, you have the first overall pick, which is always great because you get to pick any game you want right. from the nine pr- non primetime uh, slate. Uh, but it also gives you three early games. Yeah. So the man who and you can't um, really pick any game you want because Shook has some games. I, well, it's uh, you are. It is well, fair then, to call. Then it you have three games too. If he chooses, I don't even know what Shook has. I don't care what Shook has. Yeah. There's too much. What does Shook have talk in this studio? What do you want to watch okay. on Sunday? Let's find out. That no, I think that's the right way to. But look But my at concern it. is, yeah, you were talking about having an ear, the earphone in each ear. I'm watching two games, three maybe. What hat? Where do you put the third? Bud, mm. there there is no human answer to this. I have an idea. I like I told the people behind the glass. Uh, <laughs> I just want to be the taken out are. by bow and arrow, like mid mid game. I mean, it's like I don't, you know. Privately, I'm going to tell you where to put the third bud. 
I can think of one place. All right. We are going to get to the draft again. Wednesday show with Colleen Wolf banger. Check it out. And we covered Giants at San Francisco Thursday night football, which we will have tonight. Mark and I will have the recap of that game Thursday night for you. We already hit Pittsburgh Raiders Sunday night football Eagles Bucks Monday night and ooh double Monday night Sizzler Rams Bengals. So let's talk now. Yes, all the Sunday uh, non primetime content starting with pick one and Mark Sessler. And by the way, one last thing: we this program. If you want to watch this uh, on Fast, which is what a an channel. acronym, what a channel it Free, is. By the way, got it. Supported television. Nailed it on the NFL channel. Just search NFL. And th- you'll find us, and you can watch this Thursday show every week. Uh, there's the plug. Mark, the first overall pick. Does this show up on YouTube as well? I believe it does. Yeah, and you can also yeah, get on YouTube. Sure. But these, these are the options you have to watch us. You got, don't really have an excuse not to check it out uh, visually. Got another tweet uh, this morning. Um, hey, watching you guys on television, but not what I thought you'd look like. And again, never a compliment. Mm. No. Never a compliment. We've jarred them somehow. So how about we, t- how about we t- take the listeners? If that is your impression, take the little comment, put it back in your back pocket. Don't need it. <laughs> unless, unless it's, wow, you guys handsome. But it's never that. You know, for your age and everything. It's and, not that. And the, if you ain't got the, no haters, you ain't popping. The pressures you face as, as fathers living in a major <laughs> urban center. Yeah. Uh, and, and a career with a lot of uh, pressure and eyeballs upon you. And it's it's always coming down on you, and there's always a practice and and games, and you're getting judged by your own like friends and your, family members. Your left wife and needs right. you, and yeah. you have a mortgage, and, yep. and your dog maybe got hit by a car, and maybe Aaron Rodgers blew his Achilles in the fourth play of the season. <laughs> it's going to affect your physical appearance. Yeah. Okay. All there things is, considered, you're handsome. Once upon a time, maybe we were better looking, just younger. But Mark, when you got Levi on, and you're living in Hollywood. Maybe you're the exception here. I don't think so. I, I look at when I see video of us from like three or four years ago, it's like, yeah, what the hell happened well, in the enjoy, last 900,000 days? Enjoy now, though, because we will see that video in three or four years and think, wow, we were looking pretty yeah. good back then. Yeah, well, the answer, by the way, what happened? Life in a major urban center. That's the right. Pressures of Endless, it's just and it's it's collapsing on you. All right. Time now for the number one pick of the week. Presented by DraftKings. All right. It is kind of a strange um, slate, I feel like, this week. It's the first one I feel like where there aren't like five or six, like, oh, where are you going to go with this? Like, I I have Reach. my fascinations. I'm going Falcons. Uh, who oh At God. Detroit, Falcons are getting three points. Okay. Going into Michigan to try to battle the Lions. Um, we talked a lot about the, about the Falcons on our NFL Plus Monday uh, recap mm. of their game with a the lot. Packers. And... This matchup to me is kind of fascinating because I was thinking about like this, the history of our entire show and like you had that Falcons, Matt Ryan, Super Bowl type team, but has Falcons Lions ever been taken as the number one pick ever in the history of our show? Well, of course certainly not. not. I don't think on any they level. probably haven't played that often, but yeah. Right. It's bit. just like it kind of tells you that a lot's changed for these two teams um, pretty quickly. And I think for me, like what I want to watch is two things like it, the growth of Atlanta's offense. Um, Really, I feel like with Bijan Robinson, you have a bit of a cheat code where you're going to produce every week on the ground. Um, he looks about as unstoppable as any rookie running back that I can recall. Um, and he seems to, his role is growing. We've seen his snap count um, jump up last week as it should. And I think if you're like Tyler Algier, still a very talented player, like your role is going to diminish. 
Uh, I really trust them on the ground. I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about Detroit's defense. Like I thought in week one against the Chiefs, um, held them to six points in the second half. Uh, that probably lose that game if you don't have Kadarius Toney having a complete meltdown, though. Um, and now you've lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Um, James Houston is out. And even with James Houston, the pass rush has really essentially been Aiden Hutchinson and not much else. They have one sack on the season. Um, that maybe not be the biggest concern in this game because Desmond Ritter uh, threw the ball more than you'd think last week. Like, is a real hot and cold operation. Um, I think it's fair to look at him and say he's a complete wait and see under center and probably kind of like the one factor that could sink that offense. Um, but against last week against Green Bay, they ran for 4.7 yards per rush and ran the ball 45 times. And I just think if you can do that kind of thing to Detroit or on a weekly basis, you're going to be in these games late no matter what. Yeah, it's a real test for this Lions defense, whether they've changed at all, because they were disappointing a week ago and they are really banged up. It, go, it goes back to the whole preseason. I can't, can't lose anyone in the preseason. Like, it'd be a tragedy. And then we start the season. And like, half these teams, I feel like, lost like eight starters. And the Lions are, are really high up there. The, the Gardner-Johnson injury, which we mentioned Monday night, but we didn't linger on it, is, is massive there at safety. Really improved their team. They're hopeful he can maybe come back at the end of the season with the torn pectoral, which sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. But beyond that, Taylor Decker uh, is injured. Uh, Emmanuel Mosley, their, their cornerback is injured. Vitae, their, uh, offensive lineman, who's, who's kind of a, a linchpin who really improved things is out. And so there's just a lot of injuries that they're dealing with, uh, throughout the roster. Amon Ransom Brown is missing practice, but I assume that's not going to be like too serious. And I, I think that the Falcons will ask questions to your defense that other teams just don't. And yet I, I have my doubts that Desmond Ritter can make you pay for the one-on-one -on -one matchups that that Arthur Smith can create with some of those playmakers when they do throw the ball. Uh, but they did ask him, Danny, last week to, to be a little different. That was the most aggressive Desmond Ritter passing game ever. And it was ugly, and it was pretty great on a few throws, too. He made some great throws, and he made some big mistakes. But they decided to put a little more on his plate, and it was way more of a roller coaster than, than other Desmond Ritter starts. Yeah, we got to take some off his plate. Yeah, I'd agree. Probably. And I think if people just look at the stat line, you'll be like, oh, he was okay in that game. And maybe there's room for group. But he was he was dreadful in that game. He, he hit some throws and had an, some uh, a nice goal line run for a touchdown. And so it wasn't like a total one of those wipeout games where there's nothing to take from. But he gave the Packers every chance to, to win that game with um, throws that were right in the chest of defenders, a, a really suspect early red zone pass that was floating there for the the taking and I'm just curious didn't love Arthur Smith's game plan in week one I didn't love it in game two a week two either mm. just because of how much was put on the plate of Ritter and you have this guy now and Bijan Robinson that I, I I want I wish I could give the credit to the person on X um who uh put it out there but they had that view that went around the viral view of the from above of Bijan juking and spinning and just putting anyone in his area in the blender and um this person said, this is what we thought Reggie Bush was uh, going to be coming out of college into the NFL, like this absolute dynamo. And Reggie Bush had a fine NFL career, but the top bodies, whenever right. it was like Reggie, Reggie Bush was 25 pounds heavier too. Right. But just crazy. in terms of like this guy, it's going to, what he did in college is going to translate and it absolutely has. So I would like to see Desmond Ritter put in better positions throwing the ball less, and I know it's not going to be great news for some of these pass catchers, but make this all 
Bijan uh, with he some more running game. I'm right. not saying like he had throw 25 10 passes. touches. He had 25 touches last week. Right. You but, can't go more. But just take a little off Desmond's plate because I don't think he's ready for it. And Arthur Smith obviously is confident enough to give him that much of an assignment in week two when he got away with it by uh, sheer luck, quite honestly. They got away with how much was given to Desmond Ritter. I'm interested to see what uh, – Arthur Smith puts on the quarterback's plate after watching the game tape and seeing what happened from the sideline. It's interesting because I think like one of the consistent frustrations for fantasy players or Falcons fans in general, it's like the Kyle Pitts thing. And like he and Drake London last week combined for eight catches and two of them were for Pitts. London a year ago had 117 targets. Now he had a, a drops issue and had only 72 catches, but it's like he was featured a ton last year. And now they're in a situation where it's like, I kind of am with you. Like, have Ritter do less because um, it's such a variance of what he's going to give you. And they're lucky they didn't have two pick sixes last week. And that would have changed the whole way that game ended. That one goal line setup. We talked about it on the, on the Monday plus show where you're asking Desmond Ritter to, to make passes and you're only giving Bijan on the ball once. Give him the rock by the goal line. I could see that change, easier. Yeah. I mean, do I feel like Ritter seems to get law like down in those red zone, that one sequence we talked about, we're just like missing Falcons wideouts high and by a lot. Like he's, it's not what you'd expect with the weapons they have in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be a limited offensive team. They ended up trailing in that game and had to come back. I just think the Falcons defense is in better position this year to keep these games under control in a way that they weren't a year ago. But they haven't totally been tested either. I mean, the Packers were were missing people uh, last week. And week one, they got to play the Panthers. But I've really been impressed with what Ryan Nielsen has done. Their new coordinator came from the Saints. And all their pickups are working. Like, Onyemata's really made a big impact for them at defensive tackle. Caden Ellis has made a big impact for them at linebacker. And this is a huge test where the Lions offense really tests you in the middle of the field. I know they're without David Montgomery. But to me, uh, they still have enough weapons to make this an offensive type of game. And I think Atlanta's defense is is at least respectable enough now that they, they can keep the score down. So this um, is a fun one. I had said that uh, a few weeks back, uh, Greg, if, if if the Lions came into this matchup undefeated, maybe some team of ATN run it back potential. Um, they didn't do that. But if they if they spank Desmond Ritter on his little well, that'll make you game, help. Maybe <laughs> maybe he's still you got it. You want anyone to beat the Falcons? So, uh, Not Ritter against the Falcons. I just want us to have an open eyed look at what's going on. With if their you're the Lions, right like you need to say this is the game we win. Like this year's version of the Lions doesn't you should. stumble here and go one and I'm two. I'm not feeling a lot of team of ATL momentum for for any team. It, it's possible. Sometimes it doesn't any. happen. Or we sometimes don't force uh, it. it it takes until later in the yeah. year. By the way, the over-under on this game is 46 and a half, FYI. That was the game of the week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sports app and use code ATN. That's code ATN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, let's move to the second pick with Greg. Okay, I want to watch Chargers Vikings early. Uh, they're two 0-2 teams in a weird way that makes this game feel more important. And I, I find these two teams very intriguing uh, despite their record. And I have noticed that the Chargers offense is totally different. Like Keenan Allen is making plays deep down the field. When was the last time you saw that? 2019, 2020, like Herbert's ADOT, you know, his, his average depth of target 
is higher than it's been throughout his career. Um, they're third in offensive DVOA through two weeks. I think Herbert's taken some sacks and is taking a little while to process in spots. You'd love him to make a little quicker decision. Uh, but they're last in defense. So it's it's to me, it's all on the defense. And this is a, a matchup where you think that the offenses are both going to win. But I, I'm confident that the Chargers offense, and I know that's going against Brian Flores, and he's he's cooking up some new things here. But I like watching this Chargers offense so far. It sounds like Austin Eckler is going to be back. And I think the Vikings are going to have to score a lot to, to keep up in this one. By the way, uh, Vikings minus one in this game. So Vegas sees it close. It just feels like the Chargers are going to be in these games that come right down to the end um, and allowing teams like the same way that, you know, Minnesota crawled back against the Eagles last week, because I think with Justin Jefferson, with their passing game in general, they're just they're they're never too far away from like making an impact, making a game close. And the Chargers just opened the door to that. Like, I mean, a week ago, we were wondering if Ryan Tannehill's career might be over, and he goes <laughs> no, 20 for 20. Well, no, but it was like he looked like he had always, fallen off a cliff. I know, but I always thought that, yeah, I guess I hadn't. He we, played we, as, me and you came he, into the season saying he's underrated, and so to, I, we didn't need right. to flip so fast. But it's like, I guess I'm more saying that the Chargers don't want to operate when your head coach is this defensive specialist, you're in, in year three, it's their clear Achilles, and they just open the door and, and, and allow teams to get right on that side of the ball. Well, the whole point of the Brandon Staley defense, remember, is that, oh, well, we, we prevent big plays. Like, that's the whole idea. The whole Vic Fangio thing. It's why there's articles written about the deep ball is dead in the NFL. And it's basically because of the Vic Fangio defensive tree of which Brandon Staley is one. But who gives up more deep balls than any team in the league? It's the Chargers. They're worse defending the pass than any team. And this is a tough team. This, this Vikings team are better going deep than they've ever been because they don't just have Jefferson. They don't just have Osborne. They now have Jordan Addison, who's a ball player, Danny. And I, I think there could be a lot of fantasy points here for the Vikings. I think, the, I think if you drafted Kirk Cousins, um, if you drafted Justin Jefferson, um, there is now we got Cam Akers in the building. Um, I don't know what they're running. I really need to see the Vikings running game. Well, there's been nothing to see. And if they can, I'm not out on the Vikings yet. I know that they're own two as well. And, but I think in in their division, they absolutely got, can get back on their feet and and be a player here, but they got to win this game and, and you got to defend your home turf. It's a really tough pull for the chargers. and, And we mentioned that letting both of those games slip away, puts you in such a bad spot because Minnesota is not going to be a team that's going to be easy to beat at home uh, in this situation. An 0-2 team at home, needing the W that, that's mostly healthy, that is going to be a very difficult ask uh, for the Chargers. I think Minnesota is going to put up a lot of points in this game. Now, another it's another test for Herbert. Herbert's going to be tested all season unless something changes here on, on Los Angeles's other side of the ball where he's going to be asked to, to keep scoring, stay healthy, Put up points every week, and yes, come up with some of these drives to bail out the defense and win some of these games late, which hasn't happened yeah, yet. Yeah, and it's it's two weeks in a row where there was a, another narrative where Justin Herbert comes out as the hero, and it's not just him, but like they didn't answer the they didn't answer it last week at all, and it's like there was a chance for Justin Herbert to write a different type of story. I like the Cam Akers pickup because. Because it was free. It was a well, late round swap. I, I was just kind of thinking like who's going to actually go after that him and where be can allowed. he play a role. It's such a silly trade. It shouldn't be allowed. A swap of late round draft picks in three years. Yeah. Just who are we fooling here? Well, what, not, not what, you. What are we doing? It's just that the Rams don't have to like 
feel ashamed that they. Yeah, that's him. what I mean. Don't waste their time. Like, yeah. we don't need the insiders don't even sleep because the bosses <laughs> tell them they're not allowed to miss any scoops. So you got Rapsheed's wife, you know, shoving his shoulder at 4 a.m. Yeah. To say, oh, there a trade just went down. Your, your phone's blowing up. How about she's telling him? How about Cam Akers? <laughs> how about <laughs> okay. how about the Rams have to take the L that uh, because Cam Akers did not what was it called again? The culture scenario. The culture <laughs> did not adhere to the culture in the Los Angeles. The Rams have a culture. You do not adhere to the culture. You must leave. Is that like Les Snead's assistant or something? Who's like who's? It's McVay so, mostly, but yeah. So I don't know. Just stupid trade. Go ahead. No, I like it though. Yeah. Because they, Vikings forty-one Dumb. yards against the Bucks, twenty-eight on the ground against the Eagles. Like, and they said it wasn't a Alexander Madison like lack of confidence. Well, it is a little bit. I mean, he's they, got they, competition. They had one now. of the worst backup running back situations in the league. I mean, the two of them will share. We'll see. Acres has been very up and down as a pro, but a, I think has always been a little overrated. Uh, Isn't it quickly how how it changes? It went from all summer, everybody being like. Well, not I'm not saying Dalvin Cook has been great shakes in New York so far, but it was like, oh yeah, Madison, he'll be fine. No He's problem. Step in, right in, right? And I know well, Dalvin Cook has averaged 1,500 yards from scrimmage for six straight years, but they got Madison. He's fine. Well, and that then line what happens? Is, that line is brutal, and they were missing Christian Derrisaw last week. Just saying. Week. Sometimes they, we just they signed yeah, Dalton I, Reisner. I think Derrisaw back for this game. I, I'm so with you. We on do these. a little summer plug and play sometimes yeah. as analysts in, in our industry, and it's like, well, we got to see it. I mean, but we're also we're, running... we're playing along with the whole thing because it's like we all know realistically you get to week three, half these rosters are shredded. So these right. people that you're talking about, I think about the running game is a function of the team around them. And look, they, there's certainly no one in Minnesota that wishes they had Dalvin Cook right now. So, so whether whether well, Madison was good enough to fill in, I don't know. That's I totally disagree. There's no one in Minnesota. I mean, they would love to have Dalvin Cook from three years ago, but if they're watching Dalvin Cook's tape. This year, who's in a similarly bad situation, I think they'd have to say, like, we're not right. missing him right now. Maybe. I mean. Am I crazy? I mean, they willingly moved on. So I, yeah. I, maybe not everyone in Minnesota. I, I, uh, I guess I'm not. And it's, state. I know it's going to sound like cause he's a Jet, but I'm not. I'm still not ready to say Dalvin Cook is washed right now. Like, totally washed. He was expensive. No, I'm not ready to say that yeah. either. But I don't think they're, they would think he would be solving what, it, what is going on there. That's all. I, I understand that. Now, can By the Madison way, play the guitar? That's all I'm yeah. saying. There was an assumption that he obviously could. Joey Bosa, give me more than 19 snaps this week. This is a guy uh, who hasn't played more than 575 snaps uh, only three times in his career. Like, Easy for you to him. say in your they podcast, Joe. They need him. They need him. He had I'm two just, sacks last week. I know. That's so, what I mean. Yeah. He's so good when he let's, plays, let's but go. it's like more. He, they really need him on the field because Khalil Mack is not giving them much. Mm. Now, there's a guy that maybe it's time. <laughs> you know, maybe it's time. Time to what? To, to not view him as an impact player. Uh, well, I think yeah, we're, I, think, I think we reached think that location. All right, oh, where are we at? Uh, up. I'm up. Here we go. First game. I don't. It should. It should be gone, guys. It should be gone. Buffalo at Washington. Uh, I, I like the Bills. Um, um, the way they looked in Week Two, it showed again that that's a stable operation with good leadership. That after a pretty harrowing Monday night. Uh, with your franchise star um, just setting himself on fire, basically. Uh, they were able to look like the Bills we expect and and Western New York expects them to be, and they hammered the Raiders. Now let's talk about the Commanders, though. Well, let's have a little conversation about the Commanders because there's a couple different ways. You could look at the Washington Commanders. You could look at it the, 
They're a team that almost got beat by Arizona and needed a comeback in week one, uh, 120 to 16, okay? And then you could say, well, they, they won last week too, but they were down 21-3 to the, to the Broncos. And so the opponents have been soft. The schedule's been soft. However, they did come back against the Cardinals. And that second half performance of the offense uh, by the offense against Denver was really nice. And the defense as well, quite honestly. Like you, there was a Hail Mary at the end that put a little lipstick on the pig there for Denver. But Washington's uh, play on both sides of the ball and closing out these two games is notable one. And Sam Howell has made some big-time eye-opening throws uh, in these games, and, and he has my curiosity now. He is feisty. He's, um, I mean, everyone is welcome to enjoy Sam Howe. I think they should, but I feel like he'd be in my stable of boys right now. I'm, I'm loving myself. Can I just say a little Sam Howe? Do we want to put this team on the radar of team of ATN? I'm down. I knew it out there before the season. They might lose this game and be two and one, but that doesn't bother me. I. You were throwing it. No, you were talking about the Lions as the team of ATN. Well, just as a team that, yes. that we like, that is intriguing. I said, wouldn't it be very, um, I forget what the word was, transgressive to go commander's team of it. Team right. Of the, in the, a total maybe a year ago or the past 20 years, it would never happen. But c- considering the change in culture there, culture, the culture is different yeah, now. It's, it's very different. If Sam Howell's going to be kind of a bit of a young gunslinger type here. And Young and Sweaty is back, and Deron Payne is making plays, and Terry McLaurin might have a guy that could actually sling him the rock, and you got Curtis Samuel doing his little fun stuff, and Brian Robbins. Hmm. It also uh, feels yeah. like a an, hmm. um, a gesture at Dan Snyder to pick them now too, which I always enjoy. You you wouldn't you would enjoy that, and I'm not against that concept. I know they're in that they'd be in that running because I think Hal will just. It's not perfect, and I don't really have a problem with some of their up-and-down nature over the first couple of games when you're going in there with a quarterback that's so inexperienced, but, like, he just makes things happen. And, like, I, it's kind of like the quarterback I like to watch. Just, like, I don't know how Ron Rivera stumbled across this because it's like he seemed to intentionally try to not find a quarterback over the course of half a decade and hold on to his job and go into, get into the playoffs with, like, nine wins. They but were pretty it's like, steadfast, though, like, to start this offseason, we're going to ride how? No, like, they've said that all along. And like they, and it was they, funny. They don't play fools. His quote right before the season, like, if I would have known he was that good, I would have played him sooner. So, like, Ron was gassing up uh, Sam before the season started. The, by the way. Uh, that also tells you that Ron Rivera was closer to Sam Howell than anyone else on earth all of last season. And unlike Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco, when they're like, this guy's too hard to keep off the field. We're watching him in practice. It's like, you, mean, what, you didn't self-scout the entire. What you about didn't, Sam Howell's brother, like Terry Howell. Well, I'm saying from a, is Terry Howell at every practice? Like Ron Rivera's like, oh, I should have, you shouldn't be telling us that maybe. Do you know if Terry Howell is at every practice? I don't know for sure. Terry's a good uh, good guy, a good football mind. Uh, You (laughs) You know know who's not in yet, by the way? Uh, Vegas, the desert, right now, six and a half points of wood uh, being uh, laid to the uh, visiting team. So the idea here is that Washington's not ready or the bills are that good. Well, like from like a team of ATL standpoint, like let's say a bomb is dropped on Washington, uh, the football team on a football field, not the city, like by the Bills. Then it's like we start we start to not believe no, I, that I, they're fully it's, cooked. It's a long process and they're fun. And to me, a, a 10 win fun, you know, just different sort of season is perfect for team of ATL. And I think that's what Sam Howell could provide. I mean, watching that game, it was hard for me not to think like, oh, he's young Russ. I mean, that is his comp in the NFL. 
He's got the same sort of body type, the same sort of runner, the same sort of uh, deep ball, the same sort of, I'm going to hold the ball forever, and it's going to be too long sometimes, and bad things are going to happen sometimes because of that, but good things are going to happen because uh, of that too. He, I'm not saying he has the ceiling of young Russell Wilson necessarily, but he's the same type of player. And they've really looked sharp on offense in a way I don't think they were last year. And Eric Bieniemy needs to get credit because he'd be getting buried if he went to Washington and they stunk and the Chiefs' office, offense is rolling. And yet not, not many people are really talking about like, oh, wow, your screen game is really on point. And to me, that's good coaching. That's offensive line. That's like, that's coaching. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are you know stinking on offense and Eric bieniemy has gone. So he's had a nice start. I'm not saying they're like rolling it, but this is a much different test to play the Bills. Team. They were rolling in the second half a mile yeah. high. They, they I, really. I guess I can't remember the last like time I enjoyed. Offense, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a football head will uh, point out that like the 2017 uh, week 14 through 16 window or something. I can't remember the last time <laughs> that I enjoyed watching Washington football no, it's, on offense. They made it tough. Mm. They made it tough for a long time, and the and the organization had a stink that was unappealing as well. And then the Commanders have four defensive linemen, and we'll get to you, Bills fans, quickly because I know we got to move on. But uh, look, their offensive line—if there's any question about the Bills, it's their offensive line. Now they got to go against this young and sweaty Deron Payne and J- Jonathan Allen. Those four guys had 25 pressures last week. Not the team. That's a big number for a team. Just those four guys. So that's a nice. Josh, don't worry, nice Josh Allen has a plan. He's going to jump over them. <laughs> They're set. <laughs> and um, the Bills want to be physical. Like, they have their two tight ends. They're starting to run the ball. So that's a really nice test when they have well, Dawson like Knox it. was not at practice on Thursday, though, with a back issue. Uh, Backyotomy. Hey, uh, Eric, producer, very important. If the Washington Commanders win on Sunday, that's a major, a major development and team of ATM potential. Can we have – can you get in touch with Terry Howell? Just in case they win, so we can have him on the mon- maybe the Monday night show, yeah, I think even the either. Sunday flagship show. The brother of would be a great guest. Yeah, definitely. Nope, we're not hearing you, Eric. Yeah, he had his moment there. <laughs> Lots of buttons back here. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, gotcha. yes, I got him lined up. Yep. There you go. Okay, perfect. He's also a Bills fan. He's already lined up. So, right. Yeah. I don't see. I don't know if he has a brother and if his brother's name is Terry or if, if, <laughs> even if he hinges, had a name brother that, named Terry. Are they close? I don't know. That hinges on the Bills losing, though. Correct. There's That's a number what of it would things. Take. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I mean, well, that right. primarily would be. Well, hopefully he, I'm not making that call. He's wearing a Bills hat, so he, he can't imagine all that wood being laid and then being burned. All right. Kind of a wild spread. All right, let's take a break, and then we'll uh, continue with the draft. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The Knicks anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Knicks' biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. All right, we are back and snakes back to me in the old week three draft. And I will take, oh, we have some demons to slay in the swamps of Jersey because the New England Patriots are coming to the Meadowlands to face the Jets. Um, This is not the ideal setup uh, on a number of levels. Obviously, I'd like Aaron Rodgers to be playing for the Jets. I also would rather the Pats not be in uh, a desperate place at 0-2. Uh, that does not fill me with um, a lot of uh, confidence uh, because I know, obviously, uh, teams play different. They There's an urgency level. Uh, the Patriots cannot lose this game. Uh, statistically, the data tells you that almost every 0-3 game team is cooked. It's such a big hole, uh, even with an added game to the schedule. So now the Jets have to... Now, here's the positive side, Greg. And for a Patriots fan, it's the, the flip side. Jets can bury the Patriots in week three. They could send that organization and fan base into a tailspin before the calendar flips over to October. Uh, now they have to do it, and they have to do it with their defense and their running game. The Jets got away from their running game. Uh, now the Cowboys played a big role in that, and, and you saw how the Cowboys had answers for everything the Jets were doing in week two. I thought it was a master class from McCarthy and company. Um, Brees Hall needs to get the ball more than four times. Brees Hall needs to get the ball like the Falcons need to give Bijan Robinson the ball, quite frankly, because you can't put too much on Zach Wilson's plate. You need a dash of Zach Wilson and keep guys like Garrett Wilson, a playmaker in the mix. But you win the game at the running game and the defense, after being humbled by the Cowboys in week two, has to take it, Greggy, to Mac Jones and an offense for the Patriot that has to work very hard to manufacture. And you have to get after Mac Jones and punish him in this game. The, the two quarterbacks in this game are in a tough spot. These are the two worst offensive lines in the NFL, the Jets and the Patriots, in terms of pass block win rate. So they're just losing over and over. There is certainly not a worse tackle combination when Trent Brown is out of the lineup than the Patriots. Calvin Anderson was like a journeyman who didn't touch the field in training camp. He, 
He's just been a turnstile. Left tackle. They actually are starting. They started last week. The, the Vikings' sixth tackle was their And they came in and they brought their guards in who were injured and drank them. And they were terrible. So that matchup against the Jets is just a brutal mismatch. And it's why I'm actually impressed with how Mac Jones has played this year on balance. Like he's sixth in the league in completion over uh, completion percentage over expected. I think he's done well enough with what he has, and they don't have an explosive element. I would say it's almost as big of a mismatch the other way. Maybe it's bigger. Because, yeah, the Patriots aren't quite as good up front, but they're good. And the Jets' offensive line is struggling. And more importantly, they have Zach Wilson as their quarterback, who, against Belichick, has just been a total disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, 50% completion percentage, two two touchdowns and four starts, seven interceptions, and he just hasn't gotten it done. So... It's going to be a defensive game. It's hard to imagine it won't. It's a very Belichick game. We're here at the end of Belichick's career. You can get the greatest hits of all of his, Says Brown, you. his Browns game. I'm just saying, like, his Browns career, his Jets defensive coordinator, his Patriots. It's just, like, ugly defense. That's what we'll see. They, like, if the Patriots were to fall to 0-3, I would... uh spend a morning listening to WEEI because I think that they're <laughs> going to have a meltdown situation. Like, you just don't... We're, we're in new territory if that were to happen to them. That said, I mean, this is a good spot, I think, for the Patriots because Bill Belichick feasts on quarterback situations like this where you're just hoping... And it's like, it gets dull to just keep talking about Zach Wilson's uh, inefficiency and inability. It's like, I'm not trying to go down that road, but it's just that outside of Brees Hall and maybe, like, you can get... Two games in a row, there's been a scoring strike to Garrett Wilson. Last week, that was like mainly the only positive thing that Zach Wilson did for the most part. You get one of those and you get a ton of Brees Hall. Like this game feels like 14 to 10 to me or something like that. Uh, And I really, I think this thing, you still have the strength um, of the deep Jets defensive line that comes at you in waves. And it's like, they kind of got it taken to him on defense last week. That was as surprising as anything else that's happened to the Jets this season was that you know, Dak Prescott opens, I think, 13 for 13. They're totally efficient. And everything you thought you could count on from New York on that side of the ball didn't really show up. Uh, it was more like the big plays they didn't make on defense that kind of separated that game early. So I don't know. The Jets are in a tough spot. you got to be almost, you got to hope that this quarterback doesn't make a key mistake, except it's one of the most reliable things happening on a weekly basis in the NFL. I think last year's matchups, it could be something similar. And that still sits... It sits with me in a in a way that annoys me that they had a pick six of Mac Jones late in the first half in their first matchup at the Meadowlands year, last year that would have had him up 17-3 at halftime. It got take, taken off the board on a bogus roughing the passer call. The Patriots end up winning that game. Then the next time they meet in Foxborough, it's a defensive stalemate. Neither offense can move a yard, and uh, the Pats win on a walk-off punt return. Uh, at the end of regulation. And I think you're going to see it again. I think both quarterbacks will struggle. I think we're going to have a low scoring game, but now this is where the jets in, you know, year three of Sala year two of this young nucleus on D they got to win a ball game. Like I talked about, about Justin Herbert, this jets defense needs to make the plays uh, because I think the Patriots, even, even their running game, the Pats, which we, we look at Ramondre Stevenson, like that hasn't gotten going yet. Oh, their line is terrible. It is. Right it is the jets defense. <laughs> After again getting humbled by Dallas, they this week they you could not have more bulletin board material for a Patriots team that's won 22 of the last 24 meetings uh, in this quote unquote rivalry. You got to kick the ass of the Patriots mm. offense and score. 
score on defense and win 17, three that's it's time to show that's if this is a team that's going to survive and be matter in December, there is no messing around here. You beat a very mediocre Patriots team and you keep moving the uh, checking. If it was the lowest over under of the week, it is 37 Patriots, two and a half points uh, on the road. Is that surprising? Favored. What? I know that everyone's out on the jets now and I get it, but Pat's favored on the road in this matchup. It's like a little surprising, but, I think that's reflecting, like, I don't know if the numbers totally say it yet or not, but I, I think it's might be reflecting, yes, the Patriots are 0-2, but you still think they're a better team than they were a year ago, and that team was able to beat Zach Wilson twice. So I think it's just that feeling of, sure. of Zach Wilson. I'm really looking forward to Christian Gonzalez on Garrett Wilson. We'll see if he actually travels with him, but. Christian Gonzalez off to a really nice yes. start as a pro. Looks great on Sunday. Not saying night. he's like Sauce Gardner or anything, but we got they got a first round cornerback. He looks like a good pick, and that that'll be a fun match. Uh, all right, let's uh, keep moving. Greg, it's back to you. I am gonna take uh, the late game that I want. It's not a great late slate, uh, but I'm gonna take Panthers at Seahawks just because I want to watch my boy Gino live and in person. I won't be in person. But I'm excited. Okay. The Seahawks are favored by six now. You want to do a second take that on that? That line moved up. <laughs> I mean, uh, 405, that's a disappointment, too. I don't care. It's the game I want to watch. I want to watch the Seahawks uh, against this Panthers defense. I think it's a game the Seahawks, if they have taken any steps forward from a year ago and certainly from week one, uh, should be good enough to slow down a Panthers attack that's probably starting Andy Dalton. And it's Maybe it's just me. I love it. Uh, but personally, as someone who wants the Seahawks to win this game, because I'm locking them up, I'm not going to mess oh. around uh, building up to Ow. it. I actually feel less good about this with Andy Dalton starting than Bryce Young. I, I don't think that's that crazy to say. I just think at this point in their careers, mm-hmm. Andy Dalton will get the ball out a little quicker uh, with a bad offensive line in front of him. He's just been in the NFL a long time. And Bryce Young, I don't think he's been bad, but he's been out with his ankle injury. And there's just a lot to ask of a rookie quarterback. I actually give Dalton a better chance. Kind of like when he played for Justin Fields, when Fields was a rookie a couple of years ago uh, in Chicago. It's like, oh, actually, they were a little better with Dalton. What's the spread on this one? It's six now. It's up oh. to six. Hmm. Huh. Okay. And the other one you were hunting was maybe the Bengals were starting their backup quarterback. Yeah. Although the Rams are under, I see how Greg's winning game. these trophies. Who's starting? I mean, their give me a break. You took. I, are we really counting this? Like you took the Chiefs in Week One, and you got a big freaking hell on it. You took the Seahawks in Week One. We were the exact same favorites, and I took a lower Falcons three point favorites. You're very you were, brave. Uh, you were honking there. You're very you blew brave. Those picks. You're very brave. Have you taken both Super Bowl teams back to back, Week One and Week Two? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's calm down. Let's calm. So, down. I don't know. <laughs> What have you done besides lose relentlessly in this I, game? I've oh, lost. Then, then. I, I've been just, it's been one L after the next. I'm not really critiquing. I was more asking a question, but you maybe, maybe of none lies. of us have uh, covered ourselves in glory so far. But Greg, we see how he's taking these trophies home. What are you talking about? If we could add up the point spreads in the, our three games and they'd be the same or yours would be more. It's very, right? it's very hard to get you mad, Greg, but this for some reason always gets you and I love it. Well, I do. It's because it's a game that at first, like, didn't have any rules, and I always thought it's a stupid game if it if it doesn't have rules. Like you have to look at a mirror. 
Well, now we have a rule. I, I'd be all for <laughs> changing the rules and putting the but number I'm, lower. I'm just saying, yeah, like, you say you could say it's under five or whatever but if you really want. The only thing I'm saying, this is smart. It's savvy because the spread will probably go out of the lock zone once they officially name Dalton starter. Oh, no, it already. I was surprised because, like I said, I think Andy Dalton gives them a much better chance to win. Maybe not much, but a better chance. Uh, and I think Ooh. it went from five and a half to six with that news. Yeah. Cool. Andy Dalton played well last year. Right. I'm I mean, cool with your lock, Greg. I'm just having fun. That's all. I know. I mean, I, it's fun to get fired up. I think that's good. I will never take it personally. It's this game I've that oh, I've you'll been take trying it to personally. bury. You will bury definitely it. take if it. I, if I win four out of five, I'm taking it out. No, no. I don't know. There's three of us, and there's a vote. It's a bad sitch. I don't really for you. believe this. It's, it's a tough sitch. All right. Anything else on this game? Yeah. Come on. Let's give the Panthers Panther some. How about a, a bad uh, offensive line? Versus a really bad Seahawks pass rush, so that, I'm a little concerned about the Seahawks defense. That kind of just general. erases both, right? So I'm, I can, can you get can you get something done here? One like I think I feel like Frankie Lubu. Every time I watch the Panthers, he's doing something. He's great. wild and but wonderful. Then he, he misses his tag team partner Shaq Thompson. JC Horn's still out. Their their front line is good. I thought it was interesting last year. They're the number five overall pick. Devin Witherspoon was very much like the main character of Seahawks Lions for about three quarters mm. of that game. Made a couple big plays that ended drives, but was relentlessly picked on by Jared Goff and uh, the Lions offense and, and really s- struggled for the most part. So I'm just someone to watch. I have a wild take, by the way. First of all, this is your chance um, uh, before we move on, Mark, to get a shotgun blast off on uh, the head coach of the Panthers. Well, I want to see what he does with, with Andy Dalton. I just think their offense right. has been vastly unimpressive and not very watchable. That's not like, the calling card. For I feel Frank like Greg. our pod's been a little hot the last week or so with everything is the coach's fault. Like what is he working with really right now? Uh, an inexperienced young quarterback who's also the who's, first overall pick, but like Adam Thielen is a primary receiver in this offense. Like it's we, not a bounty of weapons. I don't think anyone's saying it is. I'm not but, saying Frank you know, Reich should be absolved if the offense stinks this year or the team is bad, but I don't know. The players play the games. I'm with you. To I wanted to give it's my thing with him in this team is I want to evaluate a new situation like this over time. Yeah, I and I expected this team to be bad. It's why I've, I mean I was gonna lock. I locked against them week one. I meant to last week. Remember, I was saying Saints, but I flipped off it. But they lost it, and I'm doing it. I'm just as long as they stay in the lock zone. Anti Panthers. Seattle take, by the way. <laughs> I next time Tyler, Tyler Lockett scores, and trust me, Tyler Lockett's gonna score. Um, as long as his body is willing, because he's a very good, maybe the most underrated receiver of the last 10 years. Throw it out there. Tyler Lockett, watch closely, doesn't know how to spike a football. Mm, okay. Go check out the footage of his What's he first doing? touchdown. He had the walk-off, of course. Yeah. He grabs it, and I imagine his hands are probably larger than average. But when he does You'd the windmill, so. it's almost like it's coming out of his hands, and then he doesn't – you can't bring it down with any level of ferocity, and it just kind of – it underwhelms as a spike. Mm. He seems like someone that it would be a value add for him and his brand to change his touchdown celebration. Have you, have, have you tracked and gone back through uh, previous seasons and campaigns? Is well, the reason why – issue? You know, I, we followed him for his whole career now, and when he did it, when I was watching uh, two days ago, I was like, oh, he's always doing that. It's always kind of an uninspiring spike. Last thing is, how many more Andy Dalton starts are we going to get? How many? Ever? Ever. So I'm going to enjoy this. Twelve. I've always liked the glowing ginger man. All right, Mark, you're up. Tw- you, you think there will be 12 more? 
yeah, I think he'll play beyond this season and do some patchwork. You know, all these half these quarterbacks get lost to the, the mist new Cole McCoy, perhaps. I hope Bryce Young getting hurt is not like a recurring thing, but we'll see if it's just an ankle injury. Yeah, it's a little so weird that they. they can't have him run the sneaks and they mm. just have Andy Dalton come into the game Tough. to run a sneak. It's a little weird. Check out that Tyler Lockett spike video. That's all I'm going to say. You should, you should um, yeah. put that out on – you should X that, and then like, I'll re-X it for you. Make a X video. Yeah. Got it. Well, you well. Repost, I believe, is their official term. I'm yeah. re-Xing it. What is it? Repost. They, they <laughs> like, cannot absurd. have the word tweet on it. We cannot. It does not repost. adhere to our culture. <laughs> this guy again. Okay, go. Uh, all right. Going to go <laughs> Titans at Browns. I, uh, Kareem Hunt. Signed by Cleveland. Pinch me. I don't know. I think if anything, he knows that he knows the system in the playbook. I, I wonder what kind of shape he's in. But I'm I had a um, in my league of record. I had a my buddy Greg, one of my the guy I met that guy. Yeah, the guy who runs the league. Berger spent his entire budget on Jerome Ford, and then Greg, who's had the most championship success in our league historically, uh, went in the back door and got Kareem Hunt. In and, the then, and then was patting himself on the back over it. And I said, that is a nice pickup, especially you you paid four dollars or whatever, and, and Berger paid sixty. Um, but Kareem Hunt, there's kind of a reason maybe he was unemployed until this point, and he didn't put a lot on tape, maybe even the last couple of years. I guess I don't hate that he didn't go through a whole preseason and all this stuff, and if he's fresh, it's kind of like it'll work. Um it's worth same it. thing happened. I did I haven't done fantasy in a million years, but I had I got this like Waiver wire scenario, trying yeah. to get Jerome Ford, get totally banged on that, didn't get him. Then it's like four in the morning, like, oh, Kareem Hunt news. Like, I just sure. picked him up for free nice. on the street. Smart. That's called strategy. That's a good, that's a solid, Greg's a picking sound up Kareem Hunt office. for his son Walker right now. <laughs> I believe someone does have it in that, in that league. No one did. Nobody actually, cares about your fantasy team. No, they don't. Uh, but go on. Well, I just, you know, it's obviously my fanship or fandom with the Browns is in a strange place. Um, but I felt something on Monday night. I felt agitated to watch what happened to Nick Chubb. The way they lost that game in general, it's kind of like this recurring DNA of like, oh yeah, the worst possible thing will occur and they can't beat Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. And they- It was a lot. It, it was, a, it was, it, was um, it wasn't the Monday night previous. I'm not equating it to that. I'm not, we're not doing that. It had some of the same sort of horrid energy. Um, I would say if, if you would allow me, when yeah. I said the mask slipped, um, this was really Monday night was the first real post Mark divorce with the Browns game in a lot of ways. Like week yeah. one's busy. It's Sunday. Last year was last year with Watson Monday night, your quarterbacks on the field against the Steelers and everything was still there. It's all still there. I'm just, no, I like, I, it's it, all still, within I, you. I acknowledge that it agitated me because I see actually more potential in this Browns team than anyone in a long, long time. And it's for me, it's stuff they never had before. And it's like the thing that isn't changing or going away is how deep their defense is and how much it seems to be working under Jim Schwartz. And it's like, this is a crazy game because they can stop the run. They can make life very difficult for Ryan Tannehill. Um, bad offensive line. Uh, I think we could go back somewhere. We're not going to get 20 for 24 from Tannehill this time around. Not with the way the secondary is playing. They're a little banged up here and there, Cleveland. But I just trust them to inflict damage. But then you've got this Titans defense that is nasty against the run. The Chargers like ran all over the place on the Dolphins in week one. They were shut down last week. They didn't have Eckler, but like I don't think that's the only reason that happened. It's because Tennessee remains a nasty, gritty team that's going to be in close games. And I think it's going to be a tough test for Cleveland. I do think Jerome Ford 
The only thing about the Kareem Hunt is Jerome Ford is a good player. Like, I mean, we saw it last week. They and chose it's like, him over Kareem Hunt repeatedly. They did. And so I think that you've got to, it's, it's going to tough, tough fantasy situation because you don't want to know what the workload will be, but like, they can still run the ball. And it's like, hey, Deshaun Watson, it's kind of on you to give us something different of a sample size than what we've seen over like a season. He has, I heard this on PFF, like he's been sacked more over the last two seasons than Patrick Mahomes. And he missed 12 games. I, yeah, I, it's really on him now the rest of the season, but it's really on him in this week because the Titans run defense is so good that you have to throw the ball against them and they're vulnerable in the back end. They're a little banged up and this is what you pay for. And, it's funny. I actually think Watson's struggles has been weirdly under-talked about. Like, to me, it's one of the biggest football stories. Throw everything else out that, that like, frustrated me, that disgusted me about this. Throw all that out. Just from a football vantage point, he's so incredibly disappointing now. And you've made all these excuses, like... When are we going to run out of the, oh, he's been gone for a while excuse? Like... He's had two full training camps with this team. Like, he was there all last offseason. He was there all this offseason. There are 34 quarterbacks who've had 250 dropbacks over the last two years. He's dead last in EPA per pass. He's 29th in success rate, and he just doesn't look comfortable. I think he looks better this year. There are some quality throws. I don't think he's going to be the worst quarterback in the league, but right now he's somewhere between 20 and 30, and it's like we just keep making excuses where guys like Josh Dobbs or Jacoby Brissett, they come in and they play around the same level right away. And he he has to be frustrated. Everyone has to be frustrated. They have to make the passing game work. I don't know how it's going to be, but he never looked like this in Houston. Like yeah, his, he never looked this uncomfortable. The, I would, I would, you know, very frustrated if you're a Browns fan. And certainly, as we talked about on the sideline, you can see with Stefanski, some of his pocket awareness and yeah. – that's an issue. Like the the fact that uh, the ball, the strip and and score, that is partly because he he didn't feel it. He wasn't feeling it. Taking that late sack when they still had a chance, it was just he's not feeling it. Now the pick six that started the game, I don't think that was really on him. Maybe the pass could have been better, but that was a drop into a pick six. Um, and week one, I think there was some good things. So I'm not like I'm not banging the panic button and being and and making excuses for him. But that also was a pretty tough setting. Uh, you had Chubb going down it's in that game. Eight games, like Taylor Heineke would throw in a heater on one of. But those again, eight games. you put yeah. a lot more stock into last year. Sure. Like I'm saying, I my really excuses do. and, um, uh, in terms of Watson and saying what's up with this guy. Give me to the end of the month here. Let's see. Let's see what he looks like after four games. Give me a little bit more of a sample size. Uh, but yeah, he's not. He's certainly not carrying the team, and that's no. what they kind of need now. And it is. It is like I'm with you, Greg. That it's a huge football story because look at how we treated like the sharp decline of Russell Wilson. That was like a shocking decline. I mean, no, of Josh Allen was the story of the week because he right. had a bad week. And I mean, uh, there's other Brock Purdy comes in off the street and plays competent football, and it's like we're not even getting like how. When is the last game where a quarterback had two face mask calls against? Like, what's going on with this guy? And he like, bumped the official. It's, a little, it's, it's a like a little freak. manic. It's There's just, a little bit of a, yeah, yeah a, a, you what? definitely could what? see it. What? What? He's not comfortable. No. Right. Uh, this Titans, we, we should talk a little Titans. Uh, look, the Tajay Spears uh, thing is happening already. It's a, it's a 58 snaps to 78 for Henry. Tip so of the spear. He's been nice. And D-Hop, Hopkins is not Julio Jones there, but he's also not yet He's a piece. He's not yet the hop from uh, Arizona. And that might just be a situational thing. 
They did get the deep ball going last week. I wonder if that's even possible against Cleveland. This this smells, this reeks of uh, 20 to 16. I'm taking the 17, Titans. 17, 13. Titans think... getting three and a half points in this. Hmm. All I, right. I think that's too much. All right. Uh, Mark. All right. I'm taking my late game. Dallas at Arizona. So that means that stadium will probably be 75% Cowboys fans. Um, oh, that yeah. seems to happen to the Cardinals on a weekly basis. Sounds like Brandon Cooks, uh, who practiced Thursday, will finally emerge here. Um, I kind of, I've been resistant uh, to the whole concept of the Cowboys because I think there's this part of me that's like, there's no way I can do uh, two weeks of Super Bowl lead up if it's Jerry Jones and that in this cast of characters. But I'm starting just to give in. Can I just? Why not? It's been they haven't been in the I, Super Bowl I, in twenty seven so years. I'm saying be I'm great. beginning to <laughs> beginning to give in to the concept a little bit because they look so far like the best team in the NFC. I like where the Eagles are a little not really fully themselves yet, it feels like. The Cowboys, um, they got it going on. And like Dak Prescott opens thirteen for thirteen last week. Um, across the field at the same time, Zach Wilson and it's not a Zach Wilson, they got nine yards. It's just that the Cowboys came out of came out hot against hot as a, a pistol. A top three defense. Um, Arizona has been really frisky. Uh, I, I watched that game closely last Sunday and then guys like Dennis Gardeck, uh, who has four sacks already, the barbarian, is he from like Sioux Falls or something like that? I don't know where he's from, but like, uh, he's, they've been good on defense. They've, they've hassled quarterbacks and Josh Dobbs was frisky. That said, I just see this, to be the, this gets to be the game where it's like these Cardinals close hanging around third, fourth quarter. Probably not this time. It's a tough ass for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to come out of these three games probably with just an outrageous point differential. Yes. <laughs> well, they have the and highest one of their entire franchise history since 1968 right now. I, I thought that Jets game, that first drive was so telling. McCarthy had a nice game. Dak had a nice game. They knew how to attack that defense. They got rid of the ball quickly to kind of mitigate the pass rush. But the, the biggest play in that game to me was the third and six in the red zone to start the game on the very first drive where Dak gets back to the top of his drop and the Jets pass rush actually won on that play. And Dak so decisively just ran up the middle. Mm. He just looked faster and he looked uh, like he made a play he wouldn't have made a year ago. And that leads to a touchdown. And I, you're seeing good decision-making out of Dak. Very, very professional. And, and you're, you're matching up against some cornerbacks here, Kentrell Clark and Marco Wilson, where it's just you're going to find some mismatches. Yeah, and, and I guess you could look at it a couple different ways, but I give credit to Jonathan Gannon for this team has been competitive in the first two weeks, but it, it could kind of weigh on an organization and in a locker room when you have victories stolen away from you two straight weeks, and now you potentially have a buzzsaw situation. It's like the worst time to get the Cowboys because they are feeling invincible. Um, and, uh, I think this game is, yeah, this one's got a grizzly, grizzly well, final score attached yeah. to it. I, I believe when we talk about it, Sunday I'll just night. say this, we're nobody's underdog. Certainly well, not. They're not the underdog this week. They're, what is it, they're like giving up points? 12 and a half points. 12 so and a half. That's the opposite At of underdog. Home. Everything's just fast for them right it's now. It's a college spread. I love it. They, they're moving fast. The tempo, like everything's fast. I thought they, again, and I'm a bigger McCarthy fan than you guys, but I just thought that entire team and Dan Quinn. They were so ready for the Jets uh, on both sides of the ball, mm -hmm. and if you if you were you're watching that game, Bob Sala and and Nate Hackett, like man, they just they just took it to us, and, and they had a quarterback playing at high level, and we don't. Um, speaking of Mike McCarthy, who's a Beyonce fan? I mean, I'm a fan. I, I yeah. certainly listen. Best Super Bowl halftime show I've ever seen. I'm not like a, I don't know if Greg and I are in the, in the 
Bayhive. I mean, I was a huge, you know, I was a huge Lemonade guy. I, I'm, I'm the one person that uh, defends the Carter's album. You know, the one person <laughs> I like. I feel like no one likes. I was like. I feel that's like not getting bangers. a lot of spins. Like I'm, I wouldn't say I that's still, high in the streaming. I still, uh, yeah, I'll still throw it on. I think Le- I think Lemonade uh, is <laughs> one of the the great albums sure. of uh, the last ten years. Which it's bonkers to me. Uh, Eric, your your wonderful wife uh, saw uh, Beyonce in Vegas, and and she doesn't play Lemonade at all on this tour, which hmm. gets me mad. Yeah, my wife mainly had a. She didn't really have a problem with the um, the song selection. She had a problem with her uh, the area she was sitting in. She's not hyped enough for her. Yeah, you got to be hyped at yeah. the Beyonce yeah. show. Yeah. Long way to get to the point that uh, <laughs> Beyonce is playing at AT and T Stadium, and of course, you ask the head coach of the Cowboys, "You going to see Beyonce?" You want to Beyonce tonight, <laughs> No, but my my family's going. It's a work night for me. It's a work night. Okay. And guess who's doing a lot of work right now? Leading maybe the best team in football. It's Mike McCarthy. Zaddy. I, I'm totally with you. Like, I think one of the things I Zaddy, like really it. wondered about. Work night, Rosenthal. Focus. I didn't know if, if, he could, if he would be a better play caller than Kellen Moore. And I think so far it's like, well, there's no. I felt that was fine. super overblown this, this summer. We'll like, the Texas Coast offense is humming right now, baby. Uh, I Big do, time. If they have a, a season that goes the way it looks it's going right now i will really remember how they talked about canceling the joint practices in the training camp and we were there we could see it with our own eyes mm-hmm. we're just we saw it guys sure we're just the guys that they're going to be a great team when guys, when guys they said that like we don't want another team to come in here this defense and this offense that's the best competition we could possibly face every day that's pretty good we don't need anything else i was like Whoa. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, my, sir. And, yeah. uh, and I got the vapors. <laughs> They're going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, feeling. But think about it. I know the Cowboys and a lot of people probably agree with you. It's been almost 30 years. And I'll tell you what. We've been to a bunch of Super Bowls. We're very lucky. The Cowboys would juice that up. And you got the Jera bus rolling all over Las Vegas. I've wanted it for... For a long time, I really wanted a Tony Romo Super Bowl back in the day. I loved those Tony Romo teams. Uh, but I even that that rookie Dak year, I thought that would have been fun. Let's do it. I'm All right, fine with this. Um, team of ATL. Get down no, we cannot. You cannot I'm do joking. that. That's I'm, joking. I'm not really rooting for them, but it would be fun. All right, Greg, you are well, up. I see what uh, this little sneak sneaky guy did over here by, what? by taking Shook's games. I see that corner in your mouth going up. He took both the Shook's games. Like oh, he's not going to get three. The two of us are getting three. Oh, Mark. Uh, no, that's hold such on. a bad luck, dude. It's funny, though. We, I, 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 I respect game, it. I, I don't mind that. We took the hold beat on. in week one hold and on. two. Hold on. You got to take the beat. Hold on. Hold on. We'll talk Number about one, there's after. nothing. This there's nothing. There's, there's, it is like entirely genuine that I would pick Falcons Lions. And then I took it. Had this. I took Tennessee yeah. Cleveland. He knew I was coming. Yeah, the, what? There is look, nothing. If you to look be... at his, he has a script replying to the criticism. I'm sure with highlighters and everything. Uh, I'm gonna. How dare you? I'm gonna take just because of. Uh, I'm. I'm strange. <laughs> I'm gonna go Broncos Dolphins. Actually, that, that's a fun game. Broncos Dolphins on Sunday uh, as my second early game. Uh, I want to see if Jalen Phillips is back in this game. Uh, for the Dolphins, Bradley Chubb was great last week. That was against the Patriots offensive line. Van Ginkle, like they were much better in terms of their pass rush and their defense. Going up against Russ, uh, another, you know, potentially tough matchup where his offensive line doesn't win. I, I mentioned it Wednesday. Mike McGlinchey's really struggled for them. 
I don't see it with Russ right now. There's some great throws, but he had those great throws last year in the second half of the season, too. It's not like he was, like, the worst quarterback in the league. But last week, there was a sequence where he threw potential interceptions on two straight plays. He took two big sacks inside the 15-yard line with the game running down. His fumble in the first half turned the game around, and it was one of two plays that uh, stuck out with me where he was trying to get to the sideline, and he couldn't quite get it. Reach. We, saw, we yeah. saw the other one late in the game. And so he also missed the slant inside the 10-yard line with about two and a half minutes ago that was just wide open, and he hurried it because of the pressure. And I don't think things are perfect around him. I think the coaching's good, but the, the protection and the weapons are iffy. And right now, I don't see Russ being able to overcome that. And, and I think the Dolphins could punish you, him if they have his pass. You said he seems like more or less the same. I think he's definitely – there's an uptick here. Maybe it's just the, the play calling's better. I think better. the coaching's a little better. Yeah, I mean, like, the whole environment is I mean, better. That's a lot of negative plays last week. Sure, but he also dropped two beautiful yes. dimes to Marvin he Mims. He can do that. Um, they, you know, he is – and those are money shots. Those are vintage rush shots. Uh, you can't give a lot of credit for a Hail Mary, but he put that ball up. He's got, a, as, as the great TD once said, a, a sexy deep ball. Um, but, yeah, it, it was notable. You noticed his inability to get to the sideline. I hated the first fumble. He's, like, calling it that he was down by contact instead of scrambling to recover the damn ball. Mm. Uh, that kind of stuff is, uh, if you're a Broncos fan, he's driving you crazy. And and then one thing, there's a bit of a snowball thing with with Russ in this Broncos era of his career where you saw that game starting to slip away and instead of him being able to make big plays you were having those like really ugly three and out drives and danger throws that, and it's just last like drive really bummed me out so like yeah i think i think he is maybe just not a difference maker at this point and and that's what they need and that's why again you look at what Sean Payton's decision going to be at if they're 0 and 3 after this week and they're or they're one and six in a few weeks after this. Is Russ long for this offense? I, I, I mean, I think that we've talked about this, that it all along, I think Sean Payton is going to be tempted to make a change. I mean, it just seems like the there's a little bit of frustration between them two. There's this whole like, I want him to wear the play call on his wrist now. Russell right. Wilson doesn't want to do it. It's like every week, Sean Payton is creating. Um, a verbal, a symbol that verbally that there's they're not aligned, and it was like that was obviously big an underdogs issue. in this game. Well, also way. like Six this and is half point underdogs. Th- Miami's go- gone two and zero by being on the road. Um, they're now in steamy hot Florida, and you're taking a team from a high altitude Denver. Like that's a little bit of a rough trip, even just in terms of environment. Uh, I would say this: like Jalen Waddle, a little banged up. Tyreek Hill a little banged up. Yeah, Waddle has been out with a concussion in practice. So that that like concerns me because, like, I think when they're there, everyone else obviously is just so much more y- utilized around them in the, in the correctly slotted. Like, you can't have one of those guys go. The Dolphins have been, like, unsolvable on offense, and it's kind of like they're a fascinating watch to see what what team, which defense can kind of come in and make life very frustrating for Tua. Like, a number happened a number of games last year, but they got out of the gate quickly. The only little thing, and we noticed this on Sunday night, um, like Tua, some of the center quarterback snap exchange has been a problem. They fumbled in, in week one uh, after a nice long drive. And like Connor Williams, because we were talking to MJD in the screening room, and it's like you went from guard to center. And for us, it's just like, cool, that's fine. That you just play, you're just playing a different position. It's like, it's kind of like asking Dan to come in and not be a podcast host, but like um, run complex Excel spreadsheets. Like, it's like, it's a new skill. You could probably do it. I mean, but I think it's not maybe your... just like sitting on this side of the table and, and someone else hosting 
I'm just saying, like, it's like you're you're still part of the company, but we're changing your position entirely. It's not that easy to go play center if you've never done it, and there's been problems. Uh, Let's see. The Dolphins uh, last week against the Patriots, a top-flight defense. Yeah, they still still put up almost 400 total yards, uh, and I think they're. This is going to be one of those. Look out! They could have more too. I feel like the Patriots is mostly unforced errors by the Dolphins. Watch out. Six and a half points is the bleeding edge of the lock zone. And yet I have Eric Roberts telling me there's somebody that wants to chime in with something. Yes, guys. No video submission this week, though. But the Wesleyan Bros. <laughs> are chiming you know, in from Cincinnati. Nick's been very quiet. It was Nick's birthday yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. And there has I been, mean, that wasn't quiet. That exchange. There no, there was a lot. A lot that was on. a spicy text. There is talk about, you know, who's actually making these picks. He did say, we will be locking up the Dolphins. this week. Okay. So, so maybe there's some peace in the zoo. I, don't, I some, would bet there's not. They need what they, looks like a safe pick on paper. But I would, I, would, I would hazard to go back to the archives. I don't necessarily think, like, six-point favorites have done that much better than three-point favorites in this exercise. It's not that big of a You would think if uh, the brothers, they fight like cats and dogs at the zoo. Yeah, it's a problem. However, they do love each other. And I think after the madness of locking up uh, the Jets on the road, um, maybe there was a come to Jesus brother and brother. Like the way... It's a cornered animal game. Like, they think can't about, go 0 and 3. You can't go yeah, 0 and 3. Sam and Terry Howell. When it's time on Thanksgiving to break bread yep. and, and chop it up, like no matter what they don't see eye to eye on, they at the end of the day, they're blood. You put, blood. The, you put the differences behind you. Sam, Terry, yep. Nick, Phil, I think it's all peas in the pod. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back with the rest of the draft. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. 
Save 30% on super comfortable, machine washable, and great looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K N I X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K N I X.com. All right, we're back. Back to Zeuser. You know, Mark, this is a team at the end of the day. And I'm, I'm glad Greg called you on that because the public should know. <laughs> like, it was one thing to be texting me at the vet when my dog's life was hanging in the balance about football. Like, I apologize for that. That I could, and, and Greg trying to earn a living on live television. It, in that England. wasn't so much yeah. about what I was doing. It's more yeah. of the emotional weight we've it's been, adding to we've wherever been I would be. Yeah, we're not going to be a repeat But here's the thing. We, we, we let you off the hook for that and said, we understand you're a complex man and, and you're an emotional man. Yeah. But then to turn around 24 hours later and stab us in the back, uh, that was a little bit of a La Rabia Magnifico. I don't Magnifico. think people understand what it is you're accusing me of. I would imagine some Basically, are confused. Yeah, you, Greg, help, that, that help explain have, it. That now we're going to have three games while you don't because uh, because you took Shuck's games. It's, it's, it's complicated. Don't you, don't you think that I'm addressing the previous uh, issue that we had by creating a more calm uh, streamline Sunday. You won't it is get, one of those. You'll get like, messages look, from me. You're not there in the mornings uh, necessarily. But I'm going to be there, and I do want to calmer Mark. Did you just hear what the sociopath said? <laughs> He's now building an entire ecosystem, like building blocks onto. See, aren't you actually happy that you're doing more work, so I won't be crazy? I mean, from a certain point of view, I think I've made a good point. Yeah. I think it's been there. I, I mean, think you've I'm impressed on the huh? existing ecosystem. Like, first of all, first of all, <laughs> this is like, some like usual suspect stuff going on right now, right. where like the limp I, is I think, going away. I think there's going to be a you know a branch <laughs> of the audience that realizes I was just cunning. Like you could have blocked me from doing what I've done, there's, and I'm not going to apologize for it because it was uh, next level. There's also a branch. It's actually this guy in, in Chicago, Larry. He's listening for the first time. He has no idea what the hell <laughs> we're talking about. Well, <laughs> no idea. Fast forward 15 seconds. I love it, Mark. I, I have to say, like, oh, old wacky irreverent Mark, he's doing his own thing. He but took the Fal- whole time. He took Falcons lights first. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. And then the old dirty dog. I old dirty dog is back. I, I did pick games Revealed. that I want to watch, okay. though. So, But you're not going to because those are next games. Well, we're getting, we're getting too far in the weeds here. <laughs> All right, I am up, and I will go with – I need to grab a late game because I have so many games I'm responsible for now, the way this all happened. I'll grab the Bears at the Chiefs. Don't have any other choice. The other two have been taken. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the Bears real quick. The Bears – there's some weird stuff going on with the Bears. Of course, we hit on the Wednesday show, uh, Justin Fields um, coming out and more or less pointing fingers and uh, – and saying that he's thinking too much in the pocket, he's not being himself, and he then was asked a follow-up question and said, yeah, it's the kind of the coaching might be the culprit. He obviously um, walks that back once the media blows up, which, by the way, this is a big part of being, same thing happened if you remember Zach Wilson after a bad game last year. Part of being a young franchise passer is knowing how to handle adversity and saying the right things. It's like an underrated part Hmm. of the job. And this is a hard lesson Justin Fields is learning in real time. Here's Justin Fields trying to put some of the uh, toothpaste back in the the old tube. 
I love you guys, but you know, I get that you you guys' jobs are to get clicked, so it's like, oh, stop it! Wait, stop it right there! No, 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 no! There, because the rest of it actually added no. some context where I think we're gonna play it, Greg. Okay, okay. But I don't, I don't like the setup there because right there, he's already saying it's the media's fault, and you turn this into something. No, bud. Like, I'm gonna listen to it, Greg. But when that's the way you set it up, you're saying. You're the ones that made this a story. I didn't really do anything. Now here I am clarifying the mess that you made. Yeah, and you want again? It's a it's an accountability situation. Yeah, telling them they just want clicks. It's like kind of also saying their entire trade is sort of uh, fugazi. You said you're not thinking, and then you and a follow up question said, "Yeah, the coaching is playing a part." That was out of your mouth. Yeah, the media's job is to report upon what you say and then give it context. For all right, let's listen again. I love you guys, but, you know, I get that you, you guys' jobs are to get clicked. So it's like when you take my quote out of context and when you just say that, if you paint the picture on the inside out, like y'all are trying to split, split us up as a team. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches, never going to blame anything on my teammates. I will take every whatever happens in the game. I will take all the blame. I don't care. It's a drop pass. It should have been a pass. Put it on me. But... Never will you hear anything come out of my mouth to where I will blame it on somebody else in this organization, my teammates. Never will you hear that. But he did. He did do that. But, and, uh, but it's the media's fault. I, okay. think, I think there's something in between, though, too, because okay. the question literally prompted him with, is it coaching? And, and he answered it. And he, and he said, this, I think that's fair to point out. And I did watch that whole press conference. And he goes on about it. And. He says that, and then he takes accountability afterwards but saying, I need to do a better job. So I agree. He ne he does need to do a better job answering this question, but it's also – he wasn't just throwing the coaches under the bus. Like, the context was they phrased it in a way that said, is coaching part of it? And he said, yes. And they said, and I'm also part of it too, which is the truth. But I think it's also – So it's like I, – I, I think like he should try you to. You got to take that when you're the quarterback, Greg. I get it. So when I you're think the you franchise, can answer it in a better way, but I don't think it's like as you got to take the bullet that. sometimes, even I agree. if you don't always have you don't share everything because it it causes more drama for the team, and I just think it's a bad look in terms of accountability to say what he said on Tuesday and then the next day come out and say it's your fault, the media. Here's the truth. It's like. Uh, so then here's just, the thing. Like it's like it is fair, I think, for some of these players that learn this this way by yeah. stepping in it. That like most people aren't going to want to read the full entire passage that you said verbally the day before. They're going to see the headline. They're going to think you're hitting out at your coaching staff. The Bears right. are a hot mess. That's, so that's, so from but that he angle, was. but he was. But so but from that angle, I see what he's saying. But you just can't. You just go. You just don't do this again. You're buying his version of the story. No, I'm not at all. I, I I'm saying it. what I'm saying is it's he should have. He's it's a learning. Right moment for a 24 year old who answered then that's the, okay who answered right. the question honestly and also in the same press conference was talking very he's kind of opening his heart of like I'm being robotic and I'm going through this like he's struggling through it publicly and you're right I think you'll learn from it not to not to answer in that there's way. no like um long history of Justin Fields no. being anything but a good teammate and like he said stuff like this before like Put it on me, blah, blah, blah. He, he's just, you can't do this every week. You can't be yeah. the headline every week. And I think, but when he's even saying I'm being robotic and I, there's too much going on in my head, that was coded language for the coaching staff is putting too much. Yeah. And then he went out I of his way to anything, say, I think it's him being part truthful, of his coaching, which is, which matters to me. So that part like does matter to me. Sometimes the co like there's a fake 
taking blame for everything. That is also as you know, people love it, but when it's fake, it's also not helpful. It's not honest. When we when you, I believe it is helpful know, sometimes. Like if the Bears have a fire, there's a way to do it. Yeah, if the Bears have a fire in their locker room. Okay, I think part of the the quarterback's job uh, is not to put gasoline on that fire and make it more of a public situation like he needs to do what he needs to do behind the scenes to get on the same page with the coaching staff not make it a story because that is a distraction that causes more drama and that fuels maybe doubt in that locker room when the quarterback's out telling the media how he truly feels like i and right, i'm not, he's not I'm gonna not do this him. he's not gonna do this every week like, no i'm saying you know. i'm not killing him because he is a, he's a kid and he's right. learning how to be this way but the thing i guess you could say i was triggered by but it's just like when he opens his his cleanup by saying you guys did this, not me, I was like, okay. Well, anyway, that, that was a delicious and that's, little. Uh, and, and that's not even the only thing that's going on with the Bears because Alan Williams, after some mystery, he wasn't on the sideline for the Bears, the defensive coordinator last week. He suddenly resigned as their DC. The team announced on Wednesday. And Greg, and speaking of media and how the sports covered, there's some potentially ugly business about like how people throw things out there without any true sources. And there was some things going on about the uh, law enforcement raiding the bears complex. Which and they had to officially deny. And, and it, maybe there's more that will come out of the story, but as uh, from where we are right now, that was all bogus. There was some like Dov Kleinman types out there throwing a bunch of junk out there. And then it caught viral. And that was just like an ugly learning lesson. I think for everyone that just like, you got to trust the insiders on stuff like this and not necessarily just what's floating around the internet. All we know right now is it was explained to be a family health issue and he's leaving the team. Nothing more than that. Big media uh, lesson day for everyone yesterday. A lot happening. Right. And there, there might be class of O2 Northeastern U. <laughs> there Journalism. might be more to this story that is a completely different story than than the bogus rumors that were out there that wouldn't surprise me it, it has been a strange situation where the bears reporters the ones you can trust were given the clear impression it was not a health uh issue when he disappeared last week and right. so it, you we don't know what happened here but he's gone from the team and it just is another indication that this organization is spinning its wheels and it's been one of the worst you know, organizations in the NFL for a minute. And oh, by the way, their left tackle, their really nice surprise rookie fifth oh, no. round pick last Don't say year it. is on injured reserve now, no. like their left guard. So that that to me, just from a football vantage point, was, was a pretty massive deal for them. It's the Chicago Zoo, or you could call it the Chicago Fire right now. Hmm. Um, weird that they named like an MLS team Chicago Fire because that was a horrific tragedy in the history of that city. That's an aside. I don't think they're pointing to that necessarily. But I mean, but but you're right. It's hard not wait, to make did? the parallel. Maybe they, they got to be pointing to it. They can't be. It's not like they hadn't heard of it. <laughs> but Bad what, job by you, like, MLS. It's almost like they're taking ownership, reclaiming the, uh, <laughs> the fire. Um, anyway. Way, the Chiefs are in this game. Yeah, the Chiefs are in the game, too. Uh, and by the way, football Twitter or football X does have a lot of videos out there of um, of Justin Fields with, like, open receivers just sitting there. And we're talking about that. He's not making the reads, and he said he's going to open it up. That's an interesting reason to watch this game. Do we see just – I think we're going to see him running the football a lot. Four yards last <laughs> a week. A lot, ground. and hopefully he can stay healthy. And the Chiefs, I think there's something here, Greggy, like the, the offense week one is always a little funky in the Detroit and the drops and missing Kelsey – but week two, they could not get it going in week two either on offense, so they can have a breakout. This seems like a great I mean, setup for it. If they don't put up 30-plus in this game, something's seriously wrong. Yes. It's one of the reasons I love this job. Like, the Chiefs coming back this year, like, 
you would think there's a lot of carryover, but these teams really do change. The defense is different. They've given up 23 points combined in two weeks against the Jaguars and the Lions. 14 against the Lions offense, nine against the Jaguars. They're, Chris Jones looked amazing. Their linebackers are great. Legereus Sneed, weirdly, is the one guy struggling. He doesn't look right. So their defense, this I think is going to be the best defense of the Patrick Mahomes era. And yet, through two weeks, it's clearly the worst offense. He started 96 games. Shield Kapadia of the Ringer pointed this out. Uh, last week's start was 96th out of 96 in success rate of any start he had. And the first game, week one, was 92nd out of mm. 96. So two of the worst offensive games of the Mahomes era. What's it, worse about the offense the, from last year? I think, first of all, like... The enemy's gone, but he didn't call the plays. I don't think it's a B-enemy thing. I mean, I think that's it's going to take time, but they... The tackles. You you were hoping Kadarius Tony was going to be a so-called number one wideout. They don't have that guy. Like you're you're. But they didn't have that last year either. Right. Juju was valuable thought, for them, but it's was... a little much to put this on Juju. It's not no, so much like gone. the parts they had last year versus this year, but like he he spread it to eleven eleven different people you know what last I think? week. I think we got maybe a fifty burger this <laughs> right. week. And I think this they'll is be all... okay, I but I uh, I think it's okay to at least believe that by the end of the season, maybe they're not the Chiefs of old and that they're trying to win in slightly different ways where they're like the sixth best offense, but the ninth best defense. You know what I mean? Like that they're not this unbelievably otherworldly offenses. I don't know. See, we'll that's kind of what I thought last year was going to be. And right. then Mahomes put up some of his greatest right. numbers ever with right. an otherwise pedestrian offense. So that's what I mean. Like what has changed? You still have Andy Reid, still have Pat Mahomes, you know, all, yeah, the, the tackles need to be better. I'm, you know what? It's September. Burger, it's, book a, it. it's September 21st. I'm I'm not going to get too concerned about these the Chicago Bears going to Arrowhead to try to fit. And the, the Chiefs are like trying to figure themselves out. What a get right spot for that offense. All right. That leads back to me again, doesn't it? It is. OK, I'm, I'm re- And by the way, uh, credit to WGN TV on that uh, Fields video. Did we mention the Chiefs are 12 and a half point favorites? That is a lot of wood to lay. Uh, The other game, I got to grab another one. Thanks, Mark. Uh, The Saints at (laughs) Packers. Yeah, yeah. Saints at Packers. Kind of like it. Yeah, that's a fun one. Saints getting two in this one. I like the Saints more. I like their car more. I think they're interesting. They're running now. Their their depth chart is getting tested more because... Alvin Kamara has one game left on his suspension. And now Jamal Williams, I think he's got a hammy that it doesn't maybe look so hot. Sounds like it might be a, a multiple weeks for him. Woofa. Uh, so you're going to not have much of a, a running game here. Now, uh, the Packers famously uh, struggled mightily stopping the run um, against the Falcons uh, in week two. But uh, I don't think that's going to be as big of an issue. Um, I do want to see the Packers. Are we going to get healthy? Are we having our our guys back yet? Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, because I think that's going to make a hell of a difference. And I've been very interested in in the quarterback, Jordan Love, so far. What would he look like with a full complement against a good Saints defense? It's a I good guess game. Like, I guess what like you could say is um, sort of a quiet uh, positive about not having like Watson in there. Uh, early on is that Jaden Reed, I thought has looked really good. Um, Dontavian Wicks is making plays for them. Like there's such a young offense. We've talked about that a lot on NFL plus on Monday when we looked at that Falcons game. Um, you're not going to have to deal with Bijan Robinson in this situation. I think Green Bay's defense uh, got worked over last week by that ground game, but I see things to like, and it's like we're in another universe. Quay Walker has like multiple scores this season versus having dropped that. What 
all these, mm. their little mistakes last week, um, Ritter's, you know, two, two balls that absolutely should have been picked off. One of them should have been a pick six, if not both. Like, that game is entirely different. Despite Moot missing their four of their best players on offense. I think that it's, yeah. it's almost been undersold how efficient they've been without uh, those players. But I think Chris we, Watson, especially uh, when like the, there was a terrible sack on Jordan love that you can track right back to the absence of David Bakhtiari. Um, the ground game with Dylan was a mess and that goes right back to the absence of Jones. So if you get these guys back and if you get Watson back at wide receiver, it's like, I think we barely even started to see what green Bay can do. And like, I'm on board with Jordan love. Like it's not perfect, but like, this is we of all the scenarios we could have gotten with him six months ago. It's like you'd have to be you'd have to say this is a positive start for him, no doubt. And this is actually his first Lambo start, which surprised me. But mm. uh, all the starts have been on the road. I think this is his fourth NFL start. I am intrigued watching him because just physically, he's he's in the Josh Allen. Type and he's not that kind of runner, but just the arm strength and the physicality. I love the way he runs. He kind of looks like Aaron Rodgers on some of the. It's like he's been watching him when he's running to the right and everything. I just mean he's a. You can see why he went in the first round, despite not being the most accurate quarterback. So he's a fun watch, and he's been getting protected quite well. We'll see if that happens this week. In terms of you know, things change, I mentioned it with the Chiefs. Like this. Lion or the Saints defensive line to me is much better this year than they were a year ago. You still got Cam Jordan, who just refuses to age. He's got a podcast, by the way, on uh, on NFL media now. Always loved him, and he's still like he he refuses to age. But the two guys that that have been added to the mix in terms of their impact, Brian Brissy, a a somewhat surprising first round pick to me, is really playing well at defensive tackle for them. Looks like a nice find. Anything else? I think both these fan bases are really optimistic and like think their team is much better than the national consensus. And they both might be right. And so I think it's an interesting matchup for that. That If you're looking for a surprise team in the NFC to be like, what, they're in the divisional round or what, they're in the conference championship? I think these are two pretty nice candidates, Packers Saints. Um, very nice. Okay. Um, Mark, do you want to – yeah, maybe we should talk. Maybe we could take one of these early games off my hands <laughs> uh, so we have the top coverage possible. For we'll, our discuss, audience. we'll discuss at a later time. Because it's about the audience in the end, you know, and, and the product that we can give them. Eh, we'll talk we, later. We, we can this discuss is... that. I'm not sure I fully buy into that concept at all. But don't know. This is this is the best part of the show, Greg. Uh, Greg, you're up. <laughs> all right. I'm going to take Texans. <laughs> I'm going to do a whole pod on this. <laughs> Texans, Jags. Um, you know, I, I think that's three out of three weeks that Chris Myers and Robert Smith is calling the third game. Not for me, Rob slot. Smith. <laughs> it's this the third game me. slot. If you have three games, that's the third one. Uh, Texans, Jags would be better if if the Texans were healthier, but they lost Derek Stingley to a hamstring injury in practice. In practice. Like these injuries happen in practice too. Uh, and it sounds like he might be out multiple weeks. Jalen Petrie still has that chest injury. They might get Justin Reed back, but that that secondary I was so excited about. They gone. Their offensive line, Mark's talked about plenty. They gone. Like they've just have they've, they've been hurt by injuries as much as any team in the league. And they're not a team that can uh, afford that. Uh, but I'm still excited to watch the two quarterbacks in this game. I want to see Trevor Lawrence bounce back from from a down week from him and really that whole offense. And I want to see if Stroud can keep it going because 
You talked about lipstick on a pig earlier, Dan. Mm-hmm. If you've got a rookie quarterback that's showing some promise, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's fine if you're the one of the three worst teams in the league again for the third straight year under Nick Casario. Like, it almost all doesn't matter if C.J. Stroud's looking good. Exactly. And he does. I mean, he, if anything, he's just producing. Like, uh, I'm not in love with, like, I was so high on Damian Pierce coming into the year, and, like, their ground game has been a mess. Um, Laramie Tunzel practiced Thursday has that knee situation that's needed. I mean, their offensive line, which looks like a strength has been hit by that injury bug in a huge way. Um, Jacksonville, man, they should have beaten the chiefs a week ago. Like it's that those, a lot of people said that the last but, five or six. Yeah. Years. But those two, but those two like end zone passes where it's like an inch difference and you've beaten the chiefs and it would have been a massive victory for the franchise. Um, I still think they're one of the AFC's better teams. Uh, like it was mm. a bit of a down performance for Trevor Lawrence, but like their defense, which I thought was a massive weak spot, did pretty well against the Chiefs. Great. They did great. They should have won that game. They got to take care of business here. It's like a, a division matchup. Is this the one where the Texans would always beat the Jaguars again and again? And they finally <laughs> ended that, I believe, late last year. Because it doesn't really make any sense here. Right. What do we got for the spread on this Nine one? Nine points for the Texans. Nine. No one's buying into that concept. I, Fun or not. It's disappointing because you wanted to see what D'Amico Ryan's impact could be. And I, I think it's a little hard to evaluate based on the injuries that they've had. Uh, that For him to, to be asked to do it with all these backups. Offensively, though, I think I, I like their coordinator so far. Bobby Sloak, like it looks like an offense that makes some sense. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, by the way, if you're that's your game, Greg, count how many times when Fox goes to commercial break, uh, if they play a classic rock song. Okay. Uh, clock how many times Robert Smith goes, oh, yeah, a little Led Zepp or ooh, a little ZZ Top on a Sunday like, you are not, before they go to break. You are not into his performance on the I night. mean, it's <laughs> I, I got to be listening to it on my my uh, third Earbud, I don't know where I'm putting I'll it. I'll tell you but, where to put it. Um, but So we'll see if I hear that or not, or if that one's on mute. <laughs> Tough set. Ooh, little Steven Tyler, Boston's own. It's like, all right, Rob, we get it. You listen to Q104. Oh, boy. All right, one more game. It's really funny. <laughs> Colts or Ravens? Let's go. Let's see what we got here. Ravens, Colts getting eight points. You going to watch this game? Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to be zoned in. Actually, not farming these, this one out. I'm the only zone. game he drafted he watches, is watching. Somehow, Marcus actually only has one game on Twitter. I mean, you have to say that if I knew this morning that I could do literally anything that would get under your guys' skin to this degree, it's been an absolute win. Huge victory. Uh, great Purdue draft. Purdue chicken farms, just farming things out. Arthur Purdue over here. We're feeling good about our draft. The organization is feeling good. Kaiser Soze, I think, was the, the better analogy because it, it, it's like I suddenly looked back at Nick's games and I was like, oh, I'm oh matching it up God. to Mark's game. It's like, oh. And then I look at him and he's just got this. The Cut to hair. like Chaz Palmentary <laughs> dropping the coffee cup, shattering on the ground. I love it. It's, well, David, it's see, David Ely dropping the coffee cup. I think you need to, you know, take a look in the mirror on how you strategize. Uh, these what, we should, what, we needed to block you on that? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Colts now we Ravens. know. All right. There we go. Greg, now we know. <laughs> we know there's treachery afoot every Thursday afternoon. You can do the same to me next week. You know, you do know. I Now I know. I For so long, it was wool pulled over my eyes. But now I understand. No Anthony Richardson in this, potentially. No practice. That's such Thursday. a bummer. I'm Look, so bummed out about that because, he, God, it, 
you watch those first two quarters and it's like, this is happening. This guy is going to be the rookie of the year. And the mm. Colts are Colts are going to hang around and be a fun watch. And Gardner Minshew is one of the very best backups in the league. So I think the Colts can still hang around. But Richardson adds that element of. There's a certain je ne sais quoi. Sure. On the field. No, no, you're just not, not going to get from Minshew. You just Nothing can't have them. two games in a row to start his career where you're exiting with don't want potentially it. disturbing can't injury situations. And it's like it's a product of don't want it. Can't have their it. offense. Their offensive line's been better. I would say like that was sort of an X factor coming into the year because they completely melted down. Like good players along the offensive line played completely not up to their ability a year ago. And it's like it's they look better coached. I think they're pretty well coached in general. Like I think the Steichen thing is working. Um, but this game, I'm kind of surprised is still here at the end because. I think the Ravens are one of the more intriguing on offense, one of the more intriguing kind of week to week uh, viewings and propositions. And like Lamar Jackson looked good to me. Oh, I thought yeah. he's looked really good. And like um, Zay Flowers uh, is an absolute difference maker. Odell is not practicing this week. I, we'll we'll see what happens Odell. with that. But Zay Flowers makes all the difference. That was and, a great catch. Yep. The deep ball. I mean, that We're was an unreal right throw by Lamar to just put that 55 yards on a dime, like without much elevation he looks so good this right now that is too. what every lamar fan has been asking for and so I, far, I, yep. I don't know if it's gonna last but what i mean by that is like this is a nor more of a normal nfl offense for lack of a better word it's like it's not the greg roman offense which worked well and got lamar an mvp i'm not saying that was like a bag of trash or anything, but he's getting rid of the ball quickly. He's being patient in the pocket when he needs to. He's mostly playing from the pocket and making good decisions, but then he scrambles when he needs to. He's scrambling plenty, but there's not a ton of design runs. And if that's just a nice balance and you can kind of see how he's more mature than he was and he has weapons around him. So it's, it's what we've been asking for. And so far, week one wasn't. Though. Week no. one was so it? Week two was it was right. just the Bengals, and you were like, "Wow, this is a nice game." What yeah. you want now? Yeah, because Lamar was awesome uh, in week two, and he was shifty, and he, he kind of tied up the the defense in knots, and and picked up big plays, and the touch on his ball was great. You just want to see it week after week. I I do think so because it's like this thing. It's post Greg Roman that like, oh, they weren't going to run the. There was this you know concept that he was he's talking about throwing for six thousand yards. They ran the ball for 178 yards on Cincinnati last week. And they Cincinnati did it when they had week. to at the end of right. the week game, which was impressive. With 37 carries, and he still had 12 touches on and the Mark ground. Mark Andrews Lamar. is a huge difference. They didn't, yeah. they weren't even on the same page a lot last week, but he had the big red zone touchdown. Nelson Aguilar is a player on that offense. Nelson Aguilar is going to end up with better numbers than Odell. That's fine. And it and it shows you what a good... Not according to the, the pay grades, but... Yeah. No, but I thought Odell was a, 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 I don't a know. bit of a stretch. But... Yeah, this might be a good Nelson Aguilar season pops up every now and then. I, they were missing their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley and their center, Tyler Linderbaum, which was such a huge concern going into that game. And then he faced the lowest pressure rate of his entire career. So that's, that's some good coaching. That's some good backups at left tackle with Patrick Wakari. I, here's a hot take. I, maybe Gardner Minshew gives the Colts just as much of a chance to win or better just because the, the Ravens are so thin at cornerback. They lost another one last week. They're, they're starting slot. Their cornerbacks, on paper, should be really poor, and so could Gardner Minshew take advantage? I don't know. Joe Burrow didn't really, so I guess probably not. You also know Marcus Williams. I'm just saying that's their weakness right now is that cornerback and can a, a more accurate quarterback take advantage? We'll see. Do you think I don't think Minshew is a, is a big step down from a rookie quarterback outside of what 
right. totally different, ground, but he's he's played well lately. Do you think the Colts would give up a conditional third for Gardner Minshew? Would they would they give the Jets? Uh, yeah, conditional third. Oh well, yeah, because it becomes a second rounder if the Jets reach the AFC title game. You've gone and gotten the future at the position, so I think he'd be more sellable than in other situations. Come back, no come one. back to us, and well, give us a second now. Flat up, we'll do it. Um, what about James come back to Winston, us in week though? six or seven? Let's just see what's shaking out. There. What about Jameis Winston? You know, maybe we'll let's stick a pin in this for uh, you're the GM coming mm-hmm. up down the line. Sure. But I think if you get a Jets meltdown this week. What about Kirk Cousins? I feel like we're the only oh, show on no. earth that hasn't brought that one up. They're 0-3. You had dreams about Cousins being on the Jets way back when. Uh, I did. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Uh, that is. That's it. All right. Do we get the spread in there? Got to get the spread in there. We mentioned that it was uh, the Ravens are giving up eight points. I love to know every game. I, I want to need. I need that spread. Give me that spread every game. All the spreads. Uh, we are going to be back tonight with the Giants 49ers recap Thursday night football. Mm. Um, and then uh, also it's Thursday, which means NFL plus with special guest Colleen Wolf. Oh, yeah, that's a fun one. So make sure. Thanks for covering. Out. Big, big, uh, big 12th birthday to Ellis Rosen. Hey, oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Ellis. 12. I know. You old. She old. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.